Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for being part of the little community of people who listen to my podcast. I have been doing this for six years, and this will be episode, I think, because I use my brain not like spreadsheets, I think it's episode number 607, uh, which means I've been doing this twice a week for a long time. And uh, normally, I am seeking out guests. I rarely, rarely ever except a guest who like their PR person sends me their bio because I do two shows a week and I get 50 inquiries a week for people wanting to be on the show. So I usually just ignore all those emails. But this one was a thing from a PR person about the founder of a chips and salsa company. Now, I don't know if any of you know this about me, but I'm addicted to chips and salsa. I grew up in Southern California. I live in Texas. I know good chips and salsa. If you go to a Mexican restaurant, all you have to do is eat their chips and salsa and you know if the food's gonna be great. If the chips and salsa seem like they came out of a bag, eh, the restaurant's probably second tier. But if you go in and you dip into that salsa and you crunch on that chip and you're like, holy cow, you can bet that your tacos, your enchiladas, your burrito, gonna be fantastic. And I am a really good judge of chips and salsa. Just saying, if there was ever a chips and salsa contest and someone needed a judge, I could do it because I know good chips and salsa. So I replied to the PR person, kind of tongue in cheek, I don't know, do I get free salsa if I interview him? And two days later, three bottles of salsa showed up on my doorstep from a company called Dreams Aren't This Good. Clearly, They've never seen my dreams because my dreams are that good. But uh, Matt Bennett is the founder of that company and he is going to join us today. Hey, Matt, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Hey, Tom. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice intro there. <laughs> so I have a whole bunch of questions for you. You better fashion your seatbelt because uh, I could eat my weight in chips and salsa. But first, right. I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Spectrum Reach. Spectrum Reach, they make local business seem big and big businesses look local. I tell you what, they advertise on every screen with that one idea that you have that is going to turn a consumer into a customer. And they are the most trusted media brand in America. And they're all of our neighbors no matter where we live. Go visit SpectrumReach.com to get started. So, Matt. Why in the world a salsa company? I would think like if you looked at things you could get into, salsas would be a super, super crowded market. Yeah, that's what everybody's been telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, I guess, haven't listened very well, but um, it's working, I think, right? So I've been making salsa forever. Since college, um, I went to school at LSU. I'm from Southeast Texas originally, so hopefully there's some legitimacy in what I'm doing. And I've always had it in the back of my mind and just never did it. And uh, I think, you know, just life has put me in a place where I said uh, I kind of been I've been beat up enough, really, you know, to say, OK, I'm going to go into a space that I know nothing about. I don't have a food background, by the way. Um, 
you know, I haven't spent 20 years doing this and be like, oh, now I'll go start a company. You didn't major in like CPG in college? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> did did at they all. even call, did we even know what CPG was back in those days? No, <laughs> no. I, I literally had, uh, and I still have it today. Uh, I did a, all this really started when I kind of got the idea. I was like, one day I think I could do this was in a marketing class, right? And, uh, you know, so we came up with a name, et cetera. And, you know, I was like, all right, I think I could do this, but I still have the pamphlet that we created in that class. This is like 20 something years ago. And I still have it to this day and, you know, look at it, obviously being like, yeah, this was something that I, I basically, I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. So I've always made my own salsa too. I've never written down the recipe, so I've never made the same right. salsa twice, and I only do it a couple times a year, but you know, I'll, I'll get the fresh tomatoes, and I'll get the peppers and the onions, and uh, I'll cook them all down, I'll simmer them out, and then like we'll have a party, and people will be like, Where, wh what is this salsa? And I'm like, I don't know, I just grabbed a bunch of peppers and different tomatoes and made it. Right. Uh, and I think that that's always a great way to go, but I did learn something. Uh, in my years of making my own salsa. And that is when you're carving up the peppers, do not at that point decide to put your contact lenses in. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm just telling you, I burned the bejeebas out of my eye once by uh, uh, putting my contacts in right after making salsa. Yeah, I've, I'm with you. <laughs> Too many <laughs> so, times. So you're kind of a serial entrepreneur. This is your fourth startup. Uh, what, did, what were your three previous startups? Uh all different spaces. Um, so initially when I moved to Austin, um, I moved from Atlanta, I was living out, out in Atlanta and traveling a ton and I was tired of traveling. So I moved back to Texas. I was like, all right, I'm moving to Austin. I started a t-shirt company there and gave it a go for about a year and, you know, just making traction. It was my first venture, literally have no clue what I was doing at the time. And then um, about 2010, my buddy started an oil company and gave me the opportunity to jump in on that, uh, which I knew nothing about that as well. So it's kind of like a repeating pattern in my life and, uh, you know, figured it out and learned and uh, spent about four years helping him build that. And then then I got involved with uh, a company uh, at the time wasn't even a company. Um, you actually might be familiar with it. Um, we were in Austin and the company was called Be Somebody. And the company's still going today. They've pivoted and shifted and evolved from what we kind of were at a core. Um, but I got involved with that and then spent four years there as well. <laughs> and, uh, so that was really like a tech slash social uh, mm -hmm. company at the time. And then, uh, about three and a half years ago, uh, that brought me to New York actually. And then about three and a half years ago, I stepped away from that to, to focus on this. So it's interesting. You 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 went into a business that's super crowded in in the world of sort of you know specialty uh, consumer product goods and uh, salsa and you know everybody would say don't do that and you did it anyway. You also did something backwards of the rest of the planet right now, and that is you left Austin for New York, right. where, whereas currently everyone is doing the exact opposite. Half of New York has left New York to come to Austin. That's correct. <laughs> so so most of the audience knows this. I live in Austin, Texas. I never did meet Matt when he lived here, but uh, I live here in Austin and I'm always amazed. Why did you leave Austin? So few people will leave Austin. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, one, it was obviously the right thing to do. Um, but we were trying to, at the time, we were trying to expand into New York. And so I, one of my best friends lives in New York. I had kind of a, 
an easier go of it in that way. Um, I came up, you know, sleeping on the couch, straight startup style. And uh, that was, he's like, you know, come up for a few months, get your feet on the ground. So we kind of had an in. Um, and then upon being here for a bit, that, that be somebody shifted. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm in New York. I live here. And then I really, you know, looked at it. And I think to me, yes, I kind of do the opposite. <laughs> I do a lot of things backwards, um, but they line up. But I think what I found so far is being in New York is actually the best place. Um, one for me, but two, it's just a different market than the rest of the country. Um, so I, I've been able to really learn a lot of things in a, in a space. Like I'm not in Texas, right? If I was in Texas, this would be a different ball game. So, so it is yeah. interesting, though, in order to make waves, leaders have to go their own direction. Right. So, I mean, the fact that you said, oh, I always do things a little bit different, a little bit opposite of everybody else. That's sort of the definition of making waves as a leader in, in, in a company. And, you know, I will be honest, I, I have one regret in my life, and that is I never lived in New York City now. I'm only 54. That opportunity may or may not ever present itself, but uh, I think New York is awesome. Uh, my nephew is an artist, like like of like legit. Like you give him any medium, and he can make something amazing. And so he's trying his hand at becoming a professional artist. And yeah. he just moved to New York City because okay. you know, that's the, the the center of the of the places of the places to be. Yeah, absolutely. So as you've started this company, how long ago did you start it? When did you come out with the original salsa flavor? Yeah, so we, I guess, officially launched the company in April of last year, so 2019. Excuse me. Um, and we started with three flavors. Original, uh, we have uh, what we call the fighter, which is a garlic cilantro salsa. Which is, then, which is very good. That was in my package. I have, I have eaten the garlic cilantro. And then the third flavor was Just Dance, which is a jalapeno pineapple. So we launched with those three in April. And, uh, and now we have five flavors uh, and we put two more out uh, in November. The avocado red pepper one has a very delicious and spicy and unique flavor to it. It's not the, it, I, haven't, I haven't tried the original. It wasn't part of my package, but uh, I will say it's a different flavor palette than salsa I normally eat. But boy, I decided to open the jar right before I interviewed you. And 15 minutes later, I can still taste it. It's, it's good. Nice. Yeah, that's it's uh, I, I tend to say it's the spiciest um, that varies. Right. You know, jalapenos are sometimes spicier than others. Some are, are just dance. The jalapeno pineapple it has a little heat to it. Um, none of our create none of our flavors are crazy spicy. Um, I let people know. And as a brand, we really focus on the flavors and not the heat levels. So that's really the experience that we're trying to create for people. Um, but the now or never, which is the avocado pepper, um, it's now my favorite. The original was always my favorite. Obviously, it's like the baby. It's what started everything. <laughs> but the now or never, one, because it's the, the taste and it's smooth like avocado. You don't taste a lot of avocado. Yeah, you almost don't taste it, but it's got that little creaminess that clearly yeah, comes from exactly. avocado. It's almost like a sauce. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's not it's not like the the salsa palette I'm used to. It's not a chunky yeah. salsa. It's it's definitely boy, it would be great like just poured over enchiladas. Yeah. So, yeah, another uh another uh friend 
uh, made enchiladas the other day and put up a recipe using it just as the enchilada sauce. Yeah, so, yeah that's, I hadn't thought about that till you said that. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's like I a can, great. I can, send, I can send you the recipe. Perfect. Uh, so where'd you come up with the name for the company? Dreams aren't this good. Uh, that's a mouthful of a lot of words, and it doesn't lead me to think salsa. Right, right. Um, so it used to be the tagline um, about 2010 when I was at the oil company, actually. I, you know, I was just playing around with, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I've always been making the salsa. And I wasn't going to do anything serious, but I was always thinking about it. And so I just, uh, so I was going to call the company something more based on my last name. And then the tagline was dreams aren't this good. I was like, oh, that's so, I was like, that's so good. Um, so then just the evolution, being here in New York, kind of seeing the space, being inspired, getting a bigger vision for what I think the company can be. Um, you know, I just really kind of, I talked to people about it, but inside I was like, I, I just know that this is the right way to go. Um, and ultimately once I was solid on that, I also knew that I can immediately capture people because the first word that you see is dreams. And from the get go, you don't even know what our company is, what we do, anything. Obviously, if you're looking at a jar, but in general, I was like, I got you at least something, you know. And so that let me know, like, all right, we're just going to call the whole company dreams aren't this good. The products, you know, dreams aren't this good, anything um, and really try to create that that type of brand. So you've been at this a year and a half. How many people work for you and what's going on with the company now? Yeah. So we're about, yeah, about 18 months, year and a half in. Um, you know, I have about two, three, four core team members, um, you know, and then we have a couple people helping out here and there. So, you know, maybe six, seven, but at a core, just, you know, three or four, um, we're in about 250 accounts, uh, throughout New York, a little upstate all the way to Albany. Um, if anyone's familiar and then Connecticut. So about a year and a half, we've got about 250 accounts. We're online, obviously our website, Amazon's other world, and uh, and just trying to really continue learning, really, you know. Um, I think that's the biggest part, continually learning what's working, what's not working, improving, um, and trying to expand deeper our footprint, on the ground at least, uh, in, in the tri-state area. So we can have a real footprint and some recognition before we start getting into market markets um and, and raising money to expand across the country yeah so how are you going to take the salsa world by storm what's the plans <laughs> i mean really you know i think the interesting part and what started this in a way and it's still you know what no matter who i talk to um the biggest thing and i didn't even know this when i started the salsa industry in specific is about a one two billion dollar industry um obviously tostitos makes up the majority of it <laughs> um no no offense yuck <laughs> yeah yeah so i think what i focus on i i, I clearly we, just gave away my tostitos sponsorship of making sure. waves at sea level probably for that for that <laughs> yeah, one word that, comment that just tostitos has just decided he will not sponsor our product i don't think you're getting anything there no um so, yeah, I just, you know, I focus really on the brand um, and, and trying to, and I, and I throw that number out there for the, the kind of the high level 
size of the market. But the most fascinating thing is out of everyone I've spoken with, thousands of people, right? One person has told me their favorite salsa, like 100%, this is my favorite, this is my go-to, this is what I buy, this is what I seek, etc. Everyone else, nothing. So it's interesting because my favorite would be a local would be a local brand that I can only get at my local store. And in the middle of COVID, I can't even get that now. And right. for 20 years, it's been the my go-to salsa, but it doesn't exist anywhere but in Austin. Right. So it, it is a regional, it is a regional play, I guess, for a lot of people then. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right. And even, you know, thinking in Texas and maybe California, like that, that culture, that ethnicity, that background, um, and, and the consumer varies. Right. But I think that's what I see as opportunity and kind of how and why we're doing things to, to make waves in a space is nobody has really, for lack of a better word, nobody's disrupted this market in a different way because there's zero loyalty. And if we can create a brand bigger than the product and connect with consumers then, and do that at scale, right? Over time, then we're able to create something in a, in a very competitive yet very niche space um, that is oversaturated, but at the same time, it's not because there's not really any brands. Right. Well, I mean, that's the way you make waves, right? If, if you're if you're a CEO yeah. or a founder or you have some sort of a disruptive product, I mean, that's that's what the whole concept is about of, of making waves is you, you change an industry uh, or, or you take a market share that didn't exist before. Exactly. Yeah, that's the goal. So when you kind of look around at being an entrepreneur, having your own business or having worked for other startups, when you when you sort of look at yourself as a leader what do you like about that role? What part of it is attractive to you to be the person who starts the company or leads the company? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's, I mean, one, it's about people, right? And, and, and whether there's people on my team or people that are impacted by what we're doing, which is, for me personally, that's a huge driver. Um, it's kind of being the visionary, being the, the driver, if you will, and, and leading something to really create something that's never existed, at least from my point of view, um, and, and share that. And, and I think how I look at it from our perspective now is that we, we quote unquote, sell a product that is about sharing, right? It's chips and salsa. It takes two things to experience it. People share it together. For example, you and I will literally eat out of the same bowl even, never- even during COVID, we'll eat out right. of the same <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. So it's it's a shared experience. And I think to me, how do we and how do I lead and create something that others can connect with and want to be a part of um, that then, you know, domino effects change, right? Like how can we create impact through what we're doing, which is a huge part of our brand. Um, and for me, that's really the driver of leading something uh, into kind of uncharted territory. So it's interesting that uh, you're there in that consumer packaged goods world in New York. I know there's a whole bunch of, of CPG companies that are up in New York and, and, and stuff like that. Hang on. Ah, uh, and I was just kind of looking it up. I, I interviewed somebody who has a hatch chili uh, company okay. and they're out of New York as well. Uh, I was trying to look up what number he was 
uh, Nate was his name and, and, uh, the company, it was a hatch chili brand that, uh, they now have salsa and stuff too. But he was also, he was on the show a few years ago. He was also out of New York city. Um, tell me about the CPG world there. Yeah. I mean, it's booming, right? Um, you know, I, I see it every day. Um, I think what I've learned since living here is, you know, the cliche is like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, if you can make it here, you, you make it <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, right. There's a song. Uh, I think you should be singing that. That's a part of a yeah, song. Yeah. You know, and while, while that's true, I think in the CPG space, it, it's, there's so, there's so many brands that launch here. And I think the primary reason is one, New York is literally a bubble, similar to Austin in a different way, just mass, massively bigger or more populated. Um, but I think, two is just population. Like, there's just so many people here. So the reach and the ability to, to contact and get your brand out there is a bit greater in a very dense area. Um, and I think, I mean, that's part of, that's been a benefit for us as a brand. And I think all the other brands that I see, uh, I don't know if they're do, taking that same thinking or approach, but I for sure, as I see new brands coming along, it seems that a lot are started here um, for those types of reasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like any industry, right? You end up with clusters of, of things that, that are there based on the infrastructure and the entrepreneurs who are out there doing it and, and things like that. So Matt, I've got a couple of more questions for you, but before I let yeah. you go, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, it's brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly, they take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people who are making waves like Matt Bennett. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Matt, what do you think the future holds for dreams aren't this good? Just like generally? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I have a crazy vision. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so I, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear the crazy vision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, you know, right. Like to some degree, I know that I don't even know what it could become because people are going to take it and, uh, and kind of at a core level, I know the market size potential. Um, but I think we have an opportunity to kind of play where other brands don't, um, and so I think that's where I focus in trying to drive the brand. And the, the real crazy vision is, you know, to build a brand, which I kind of I look at these, uh, these other very successful companies of the, you know, I look at the, the Ben and Jerry's of the world that have done this with ice cream, right? Very, very flavor-driven, community-driven flavors. Uh, they put out a lot of products. And, and very big on the philanthropic side. So a very cause caring company um, and driving change in that way. And that's something that we want to do. Um, one day we'll have our own foundation. So um, that's part of the puzzle. 
And then, you know, I look at the, the apples of the world from design and consumer, um, you know, connection and, and just simplicity. And, and I think that comes through. And so we, we infuse that. And then I really look at the Red Bull of Red Bull of the world. Um, you know, so I kind of take from all these and then I, I say, well, what can we create? Um, obviously, Red Bull's, I think, the best in the world at marketing lifestyle um, yet they sell the product. And, and so I think we're really focused on being that food brand at a core, but the crazy vision is to really, you know, launch our own festivals and create our own production company. Um, kind of merging all those brands and giving back to create change and doing it all through a lens basically of a salsa company, which nobody's ever done. Well, so I mean, think about this, everybody. He just, all he wants to do is combine the best of Ben and Jerry's, Apple, and Red Bull. So that doesn't sound like a crazy big vision to me. That sounds like you'll have that done by like a week from Friday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but you're no kind problem, of the Ben, no you're, you're kind of the Ben and Jerry's of the salsa world when I look at it for two reasons. One is, and I want to talk about the philanthropic area and what, you, what your plans are to do there, because I know yeah. Ben and Jerry's has been very big in that. But the other thing is, one of the things that made Ben and Jerry's famous was just the crazy flavors and the crazy flavor names. And the reality is, when I look at your salsas, they are... They are different. What is the, I, I, you mentioned a blueberry one. I haven't, I don't know of this one, but it sounds a little <laughs> bit more risque in the world of salsa. Yeah, it's blueberry coconut. So, um, like it, I said, I started the show by saying, I know salsa. I didn't know salsa <laughs> could be blueberry and coconut. Yeah, it's so, and, and the name of it is Girls, Girls, Girls. Um, <laughs> so, it, it's, a, it's definitely our most weird flavor. Uh, it looks weird. Conceptually, it's weird. It's, we're still working on getting a little traction on it. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, that's really the ethos of what we want to do. We want to, and, and I put it out super early in, in our company uh, because I wanted to be able to have these conversations. We call, we call them fantasy flavors. Um, and so we'll have more of those driven by community. But the blueberry coconut is definitely like so far on the spectrum that people are like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, this is actually what we're trying to do as a brand. Um, very much like craft beer, right? Like put out crazy stuff, very unique flavors and, and let people, um, you know, experience that. Well, I mean, they, they, they make salsa type flavors out of like mango and, and strawberry and things like that. So why not? Why not blueberry coconut? Yeah, so yeah. Let's, it's so good too. <laughs> let's look at let's look at the uh, the the giving back portion. This is something that's important to me. Uh, in the early days of this show, I always asked everybody about what they did to give back. The the problem was not everybody does anything. So uh, let's talk about what your plans are, what you do already. Yeah. So so we came up with this unique strategy, and and I appreciate you kind of focusing on this. Um, so what we do is we basically when we create a flavor or any product, but really flavor is our, is our go-to. Uh, we take that and we combine the inspiration and the ingredients and we infuse them into a jar. So basically, so far we've kind of put our, my Southern roots, um, obviously from Texas, Louisiana, et cetera, and combining that with the, the, the energy um, and the inspiration behind New York City. And so we do that. And so for example, we, we have our original and I, I wanted to give back um, it's one, just who I am, but two, I had to come up with a unique way to do it. 
Um, we don't have our own foundation yet, so I had to kind of do it at a at a product level. And so what we do is we go out and we create that flavor based on those components. And then I really look at it and I say, what inspired this flavor ultimately? Um, very, very much driven by music. So I, I spent about two years walking. It's kind of a long answer, but these details are important. Um, I, I spent time walking around New York, just looking, researching the market, listening to music like everyone else in New York with headphones on, right? <laughs> and uh, the music that came to me, I was like, well, if I could take an artist from New York and name the flavor after their song, um, so I've kind of built this backwards too, but, and then I could take that song, which inspired that me and that flavor, and then I can take that and take the spirit of the flavor and match it to a nonprofit as closely tied to that artist that I can find, then we can do this in a different way. And so what we've done is we have original, which is tied to hunger free America. Um, and, and I'll step back a second. So for every jar and every bag of tortilla chips that we put out, which we only have one flavor of tortilla chips at this time. Um, but every product we put out, we donate five cents. So it's not a lot, right? But that adds up over time it's very much the ethos water model if, um if you have the chance go and watch the tedx talk that i did three years ago called the art of giving small and it's how okay. about every time a company hires me to give a speech i just give like a percentage point to children's yeah. to two children's hospitals it's grown to over seventy thousand dollars over 15 years so uh yeah. i call it the art of giving small because you don't have to give a lot a nickel a nickel per jar goes a long way once uh dreams aren't this good b takes over the salsa world Exactly, exactly. Um, and so Hunger Free America is connected to our original. Uh, then we have The Fighter, which is a garlic cilantro. Our partner is MTV Staying Alive, which fights HIV and AIDS. So hence the, the name of it, The Fighter. Uh, we have Just Dance, which is jalapeno pineapple, is connected to the LGBT center. Um, and then uh, Now or Never, which is avocado pepper, is connected to... Uh, Ace, which fights homelessness. And then uh, Girls, Girls, Girls is Blueberry Coconut. And the partner is Girl Up, which is Young Women Empowerment. And then our chips is Life Beat. Uh, and Life Beat folks focuses on sexual awareness. So everyone is very much tied together. And every flavor minus original is named after a New York musician. And it's kind of a smorgasbord of really good causes. As as you named the causes, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good cause. And then you came up with the next one. I'm like, oh, that's a good cause. Well, yeah, that's a good cause. So you've, you've done you've done some good jobs of, of vetting some causes that are super important in our society as well. So, well, I'm hoping you sell a crap load of salsa, which I think is a technical mathematical term, uh, a crap load of salsa, because that would help. Uh, some really important organizations uh, get some extra money there. So I think that Absolutely. I think that's awesome. So before I let you go, I love to ask this question of all the leaders I have on the show. And that is when you look out at the world of business, who do you look at and admire? Who do you think, wow, she or he as a leader in business, they're making waves? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a, I mean, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people doing that, right? Um, you know, I think one that... I mean, stands out, uh, I mean, now big, right, is Gary Vee. Um, you know, I think he just connects with people really well. Um, he gives truth and value, and, and that's his thing, and it's amazing. Um, 
I mean, my, my former, well, he's my friend, but, you know, I think the, the founder of Be Somebody, um, you know, my, my roommate now, um, not, su- not known, super known by any means, but he has a beauty company um, and he, he plays advisor. So I, I, I look to the people, you know, some, I mean, celebrity wise or famous. Um, I think, you know, Sarah Blakely, what she did with Spanx um, is, is incredible, right? Um, the Richard Bransons of the world. Um, but more so, I try to look as close to me as possible. Um, you know, who's around me that started these companies that succeeding. Um, and, and I kind of, you know, whether it's my personality, I mean, a lot of people don't know these people, but I think that's for me, that's the biggest way to really kind of be inspired, but also stay on track and stay focused. Um, versus looking too far. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, it's a good question. It's a really good question. <laughs> no, it's always fun because we always get different different answers al- along yeah. the way. Well, yeah, Matt, thank you so much for being here on Making Waves at Sea Level. If we, made so- if we made somebody hungry and they need to buy some salsa right now, how do they find you? How do they find the company? Yeah, best is dreamsarentthisgood.com, literally spelt out. Obviously, no apostrophe because it's a domain. <laughs> um, and then uh, primary social is... Uh, at D-A-T-G cartel. <laughs> so pushing the boundaries a bit there as well. <laughs> and uh, those are the two best uh, resources to find us. Nice, nice. Well, again, thank you very much for being here. It was enjoyable to interview you, but it was more enjoyable to eat your product this morning. Yeah, so I thank bet. you. <laughs> thank you for shipping me the salsa. I appreciate that. You're and very well. and thank you to thank everybody you. who tuned in and listened. Uh, if you've got a company and you've got something free you want to send me that's as delicious as his salsa, uh, maybe you too can be on the show. Uh, but seriously, I say it every episode, if it wasn't for the audience, why would I do the podcast? So uh, definitely keep tuning in. We're going to be back in a couple of days with somebody just as cool as Matt. And you're thinking, what, Tom, how will you find anybody this cool? But uh, we will. And uh, in the meantime, go out there. Make your own waves. Make sure your ladder, your career ladder is against the correct wall because nothing's worse than climbing that wall to the top. Find out you're in the wrong place. I did that. And then go out there, have some fun. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.